This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey, good morning, everybody. Are you, are you doing well? Do you have a holiday feeling? No, not yet, really. We're, we're kind of new in East London. It's like a four-year thing. So it feels like from November, there's a serious holiday feeling coming into East London. I don't know if that's a fact, but it, it's problematic if you want to accomplish work. But anyway, so um, thank you so much for, for having us again and um, just for everything you guys mean to us as well. And uh, it's the two of you and the whole show for our family. So we really appreciate your friendship and and uh, just who you are and what you represent in the Lord. So we, we feel blessed, and I think everybody's excited about a, a, a good break. Uh, but I want to jump in, and I want to share a word with you um, that I've been, I just felt it on my heart about two months ago. God started just speaking to me about this, and it's not because it's Christmas, although it does work. So if you wouldn't mind, just open your Bibles in uh, Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read Luke chapter 2 from verse 25. I'm reading out of the, the, the Passion Translation. I hope that's okay. Here it goes. It says, As they came to the temple to fulfill this requirement, an elderly man was there waiting, a resident of Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. He was a very good man, a lover of God, who kept himself pure, and the spirit of holiness rested upon him. Simeon believed in the imminent appearing of the one called the refreshing of Israel. For the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not see death before he saw the Messiah, the anointed one of God. For this reason, the Holy Spirit had moved him to be in the temple court at the very moment Jesus' parents entered to fulfill the requirement of the sacrifice. Simeon cradled the baby in his arms and praised God and prophesied, saying, Lord, And Master, I am your loving servant, and now I can die content. For your promise to me has been fulfilled. With my own eyes I have seen your word. The Savior you sent into the world, he will be glory for your people Israel, and the revelation light for all people everywhere. Amen? So, I I was reading this one morning, and I just couldn't stop crying. I don't know. I just read it and I couldn't stop weeping. We're just looking at this story. It's kind of trying to see, you know, what, to me, that's always kind of the thing is, is that moment, what, what did that moment feel like if you're Simeon, right? This old guy that, that's an amazing man. I mean, he's, he's pure. He's, he's a good man. He's a lover of God. The spirit of holiness rested upon him. So this is an amazing guy walking with the Lord under the old covenant, and, and somehow in his heart, he, he got hold of the reality that, 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 that everything is about to change very soon, right? Because the Messiah is coming, and everything that the world has known up to that point is going to be turned around because of the coming of, of Jesus, our Messiah, our Savior, our Lord, right? So this guy, um, he has this promise in his heart that I'm not going to die, until I see the promised Messiah, until I see the refreshing of Israel. I like the way the Passion says it, that name. Until I see the refreshing of Israel come, he's not going to die, right? So I don't know how many years this guy's waited. We don't know that. 
All I know is that there's another lady that had an encounter that morning. Her name was Anna. You can read about her a couple of verses on. Now, apparently Anna prayed and fasted for 84 years, day and night. Yeah. Talk about commitment. Right? I don't know what the fast looked like, okay? So don't freak out. But she was giving up her nights for 84 years, praying for the coming of the Messiah. Right? So can you imagine... I mean, that's a long stretch to wait for something, right? <laughs> that's a pretty long wait. And yet somehow she, she didn't lose her intensity. Somehow Simeon didn't lose his intensity either, right? He, I, I love the words that it used. He was, he was waiting for the imminent appearing of the Messiah. So there was the sense of urgency in his spirit that something is going to break any minute. Right, So he was constantly living in expectation that God's going to do something in his life. That God's going to move in, in, in your circumstances. That God's going to come into your family. That he's going to come into your health situation, your finances, your, your, your city is London, our nation, whatever it might be. So th- these people, two of them, were, were constantly living in almost this tension of believing that God's going to do something any minute now. That there's an imminent appearing of the refreshing of Israel, that that's going to come. And I want to challenge you this morning as, as I speak. For, to me, this feels like a prophetic picture of who we're supposed to be. Simeon means the one who hears. Listen, God is calling people in this season who can hear. You need to be able to hear what the Spirit is saying. We need to be able to hear the unction of the Lord. Otherwise, we might miss this moment of destiny that you've been waiting for forever. But we get tired and we get negligent in our walk with the Lord and we kind of get slack a little bit and and you can miss a moment, right? Because Simeon was in the temple at the right moment. Do you get that? There was actually an appointed time for him to be there. He could have missed it, right? He could have missed the moment, but the Holy Spirit moved him into action at that specific time. Right, And we have to be people that lives a certain way so that we won't miss the unction of the Spirit so that we can move at that specific moment. Right? Because what if 84 years of destiny is, is culminating at that very point and you missed it because you're watching a movie? <laughs> that would suck. Right? <laughs> right? What if Simeon actually missed his moment because he was, I don't know, just not in the mood to listen right now? Lord, surely that couldn't be you telling me to go to the temple right now. I mean, it's an awesome day, surf is up, <laughs> you know. But we kind of live that way, right? But, but his whole life was positioned in a way that he could actually hear. He actually lived in expectation. And it starts with the, those couple of verses or, or words that describes him. And it says, he was a good man. He was a lover of God. He was pure. The spirit of holiness rested upon him. Listen, there's a call to holiness like never before I feel in the body at the moment. There's been a call to power in years past, and that's not going to change. But I believe God is calling us back to holiness and purity. Where God's actually, because He's coming back for what? For a pure, holy, unblemished bride. Okay? And I'm sorry if you 
fell into the lie of, of some of the grace stuff that's going on that kind of says that you can do whatever you want. That's rubbish. It's just not true. Okay? Sorry to upset you. That's just not the way it is. Grace empowered you so that the Holy Spirit can live inside of you so that you can be holy because He's the Spirit of holiness. Right? So grace empowers holiness. That's the fruit of the cross was the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our lives so that we can be holy and pure, so that we won't miss the unctioning of the Spirit in that moment that destiny is waiting. Right? Because sin and impurity pollutes our ability to hear and see and receive from the Lord when we're supposed to. We have to get to a place where we hear and see again. Where we listen, where we're pure. Listen to me, the minute that unholiness or impurity steps into your life, you compromise on your expectation of what He can do. Okay? Do I need to repeat that? Right? The minute that impurity enters into your life, compromise comes into your life. And when compromise comes, you lower your level of expectation of what He can do. So suddenly we settle for less. Suddenly we go, this is just the way the world is. And we're not those history makers or world changers that Andre spoke about. So we compromise by going, oh, this is just the way it is, but it's because you allowed impurity to come into your life. So your level, your standard drops. And that's the problem. But Simeon didn't live in that place. He valued holiness. He valued purity. And therefore the spirit of holiness rested upon him in the old covenant, which was a different story. Do you understand? This guy really walked sincerely with the Lord to have the spirit of holiness rest upon you before Jesus died on the cross. Right? I want to challenge you. We're going into holiday season, I know, and, you know, we all need to relax. I'm definitely going to. Right? But holiness is not an option. Purity is not an option. Okay? Holiness is fun, by the way. Our God, anint, our God anointed Jesus with the oil of gladness above and beyond His companions. Why? Because He was righteous. Why was He joyful? Why was He anointed with the oil of gladness? Exuberant joy, by the way. Gladness. Why? Because He was righteous. He was holy. He lived in righteousness with God. And therefore, I have joy. Right? The world doesn't offer joy. It offers the counterfeit. And the cost of this stuff is so heavy because you can miss your moment. Do you understand? There's always a second chance in the Lord. I believe that with all my heart. But I also believe in appointed times and seasons. And there's some windows that only comes once. Right? And when I walk in purity, when I walk in holiness, then I live in a constant expectation of the imminent appearing of the Lord Jesus, of His Spirit to come and move in my life, in my circumstances. Right? That makes a big difference. I want you to keep in mind that if you think about this season in history, this was probably, my opinion, one of the hardest seasons in the history of Israel. So this wasn't like an easy time to live in expectation. Do you understand that? Everything was kind of going wrong around you. If you're an Israelite, suddenly you have Caesar Augustus ruling. So the Romans are coming in. They're enforcing their law on your nation. They're basically taking over. right? You, you had Herod that just killed 
every, uh, you know, every two-year-old and under uh, male child in, in, in Israel, right? So the slaughtering of children that just took place. Um, they haven't heard from God in 400 years. Yeah, try that out. <laughs> right? Imagine that, not hearing from him for 400 years. Can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine not hearing him from, from him for a week? Yeah. A day? Don't compromise. He wants to talk to you. We need his voice, right? But for 400 years, they haven't heard a sound. That's pretty hard to live in tension of just a promise. It's all you have is a promise, nothing else. You had prophecy. That's what you had. And then they had to wait. So this wasn't the easiest of times to be a faithful one waiting upon the Lord. And yet Simeon got it right. Anna got it right. And God responded to his faithfulness by saying, listen, you need to move into the temple right now, buddy. It's here. <laughs> Can you imagine the moment? Just, I need you to go, Simeon. He's here. Right? And that temple, I imagine the picture of that temple was packed with people. It wasn't just Joseph and Mary. How many people were in the temple that day? I have no idea. And only two saw it. Only two people saw the refreshing of Israel. Only two people saw the Savior of the world has come. And nobody else recognized it. The parents were still a little bit unsure. <laughs> Only two saw it. Right? I want to ask you, with everything going around in your life, and your family, and our nation, all this stuff, I believe that the new thing that has been prophesied for years, there's a new thing in the church, there's a new thing God's going to do in our nation. I believe it's already been birthed. It's already happened. The new thing has happened. It has been birthed. My problem is, I don't think we have Annas and Simeons that actually recognize it. So we're still going after the new thing, but it's already here. We just don't see it because it looks like a little baby. And it's awkward, and it's small, and it's tiny, and it's hard to imagine that this little thing can actually change the world, can be the revelation light of the world. But if you have the eyes of Simeon, and you've walked as a good man, a lover of God, purity, holiness, spirit of holiness resting upon your life, then you actually can see it. If you're Anna, who's been waiting for 84 years in prayer and fasting, knowing that the imminent appearing of the Messiah is near, then you see it. But everybody else missed it. Listen, you can't miss this moment. We can't miss the moment because we feel like something is shaking or stirring. We have to be the ones that actually get that the moment has come. It is here. There has been a birth. There has been a new thing. There, something new has been birthed. And finally, this man walks. Just see, I don't know. How long did he wait? I don't know. Let's say it was five years. Is that a long time? It's a long time. But I'm pretty sure it was longer. Right? Let's say it was 10 years waiting for your promise. Let's say, let's be radical. Let's say you waited 30 years. Right? For 30 years, you walk with this promise that this thing's going to happen. Listen, Simeon, you're not going to die until you see the revelation light of the world. You're going to see it, Simeon. I wonder how many times you wanted to say, I don't think so. Right? Anna, in her 84 years of 
<laughs> of praying and fasting. At some point, I'm sure she felt, maybe I'm overdoing this a little bit. <laughs> right? At some point, she might have felt, listen, I'm just going to throw in the towel. I don't know, this prophecy, Isaiah, I mean, he was awesome, but I don't know, maybe he missed that one. Right? But she didn't. And finally, you get to this moment, and, and this is my question that I, that I kept seeing that morning when I read the scripture is, because it says that, that Simeon held this little baby in his arms. The only one, just think about it, it's just, how many people in the temple, and, and two recognize it. Only two saw it. And this guy gets to hold his little baby in his arms. And it says he cradled the baby. And when I read that, that's about when I cracked up. As <laughs> I'm thinking, how long have you waited, Simeon? And suddenly the faithfulness of God breaks through in that moment. And you're beholding eternity in your arms. You're, you're looking into the eyes of the eternal one in the form of this little baby. And you just go, it was worth it, wasn't it? I've waited all my life and here it is. You see, some of us don't get that moment because we compromise and we don't think it's going to happen for you. It's going to happen for you. If he spoke, it's going to happen. If he spoke, it's going to happen. Right? If you're born again, you receive that seed of eternity in your being. And now it's to nurture and cradle that seed and let the Spirit grow inside of you. Right? And we change and we become transformed from glory to glory. We start looking different because we recognize that something eternal, something that is so supernatural has been birthed in you the minute you said yes to Him. And you got born again out of the Spirit, not by, not by man's will or desire, but by the blood and the Spirit of Jesus Christ. You are born again in eternity. The Spirit of holiness doesn't, doesn't just rest upon you. It actually resides inside of you. It's in you, right? But what did Simeon do? He cradled this little baby and he was going, I don't know what he was saying. And he started praising God and he started prophesying. By the way, that's the way we sang the song. That's because what is worship? What is praising? What is prophesying? You're building the throne. You're establishing the throne in your life so that God can sit over it and rule in the area you're praising him out of. Does it make sense? So if I'm in difficulty in this season and there's sickness around me in my life, and what I do is I don't go the natural way, which, which would be what? Moaning and complaining. And we understand that that's kind of normal human behavior. But recognizing that you're not normal because eternity was birthed into you. So I'm in this situation. And what do I do? I start declaring the praises of God. So what happens? I'm building a throne for Him to come and sit and rule in the situation that I'm praising Him out of. Do you understand? That's why we build Him a throne. That's why He inhabits the praises of His people. That's what Simeon did. Right? That's immediately what he did. That's what Anna did for 84 years. That's why they could see it. Right? They could see it. Listen, if you've seen the King in the Spirit, you're going to recognize Him in the natural. If you've seen the promise spoken out of the Spirit of God, you're going to recognize it when it's at your door. Do you hear me? But then you had to invest in the Spirit. You had to invest into that place. 
Right? And then he goes and, 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 he, and he says these words. If I can just find those words. He says, Lord and Master, I'm your loving servant. And this got me as well. And he says, and now I can die content. For your promise to me has been fulfilled. Listen, I, I want to park on that a little bit. I know, I, just prophetically speaking, right? So, Simeon actually finally sees it and he goes, listen, the promise has been fulfilled. I can die now, right? I, what I've been waiting for, it has happened. My life journey has been fulfilled. I'm satisfied in the Lord. And I'm pretty sure physically that he died soon after. Probably. I don't, I don't know. They don't say, right? But I want to suggest something to you. That there's also a prophetic picture in that. That the minute you get to see him, the minute that you recognize Jesus walking into your life, whether that be in the smallest form or when nobody else is recognizing it, but when you recognize it, something inside of you goes, I'm okay to die right now. And I die to self so that Christ will increase and I will decrease in that moment. Do you understand? We have to have eyes to see and recognize that the Word is being manifested right in front of us. Right? Whether that be that you see Him in the Spirit in a vision. Whether that be that you see Him in Scripture. Whether it is that you see Him in somebody around you that does something kind or good to you. Whether it is that you're standing in church and you see somebody with blood clots in their leg healed. Do you understand that heaven literally, the refreshing of Israel, literally just stepped into your world? You need to hear this because we're not seeing it. We become numb to these things. We can't. You can't do that. Every healing, every prophetic word that is accurate and spot on, Every time you see somebody do something out of human nature, out of our broken nature, into the nature and kindness of God, you have just witnessed the refreshing of Israel functioning in that place. And you have to be the one that sees it. You have to be the one with eyes to see. Because that's what it looks like today. Right? You've been witnesses, if you're part of this church, You've been a witness of Jesus working. Because you've witnessed miracles, signs, and wonders. You've witnessed these breakthroughs in your life. Just by being in this church. I'm not even talking about your personal life. But you've seen it. You've seen what Simeon waited for his whole life. You've seen what Anna fasted for for 84 years. And we see it on a weekly basis, daily basis, and we don't recognize it. You've seen something, right? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. But our unholiness clutters us. And unholy, I'm not only talking about pornography and drinking, that, of course, that too. But our unholiness is just sometimes the way we see God, the way we live life, what we consume ourselves with. Our letting go of the promise, Right? But Simeon saw this thing and immediately he goes, he says, I'm content to die. I want to propose to you that when we do that, when we start recognizing him moving in our lives, something dies inside of us every time, which is awesome because then he lives in a greater measure through us. You have to be overwhelmed with the works of God. You have to still stand in awe 
of the works of God. Don't become calloused in your heart. Right? But recognize that the refreshing of Israel is here. He's moving in our midst. With my own eyes I have seen your word. Isn't that something? I love this translation just the way it says this part. I have seen your word. Isn't that something? To see the word of God work. Now this was John 1.14. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. But every time that the word that you read, that you study, that you apply it and it brings breakthrough in your life, you can say the same. I have seen your word. I have seen your word and it works. I have seen that when I pray for the sick, it happens. I have seen that when I praise in the dark place, I get breakthrough. I have seen your highway of holiness in the desert land, Isaiah 35. I have seen that you're doing a new thing. I have seen that you forgive all sin and all inequities. I have seen your grace and your mercy. So I can go, I've behold, I've beheld your word. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen the Savior of the world manifest in our midst. Isn't that something? That's who God made us to be, is to recognize these moments and these things. Listen to me. He must increase. He must. He must. I don't know how long you've walked. I don't care how long you've walked. He has to increase in our midst. He has to increase in your life. We have to decrease. He has to increase. We have to die to self more. And you have to see Him. You have to look for opportunities to see Him. If you've given up, stop that. I'm encouraging you lovingly, stop that. Get back to the promise. Take a verse and see what He does. Take one promise and test Him on that. And see, God, what are you going to do here? If I apply this, what's going to happen? Right? Start trusting again. Have big projects of faith. Have small projects of faith. But see Him move. You have to see Him move. Because he's moving. Right? You can't let go of this promise thing. Right? I was sitting in, this is a long story, but I want to encourage you with this. Okay. So I'm sitting, and I got born again in 2006, right? And immediately when I got born again, I had a hunger for the supernatural. I had a desire for the power of God to move, to see him do what he did in the Bible. For me, that would be normal because it's in the Bible. I don't understand if it's in there, why can't I do it? Then it doesn't make sense. Then I want a different religion, personally. Right? So I just trusted for him. And then I started seeing him heal people, which was incredible. I got so excited. And then I heard about dead raising, and I thought, oh my goodness. Of course that makes sense. Right? If that doesn't make sense to you, you haven't read your Bible enough. It absolutely makes sense that he can heal, raise the dead. He's the spirit of life. He's resurrection life. He is life. He's the fountain of life. He's the river of life. He's the tree of life. Surely if somebody can do it, it has to be him, right? And he conquered death and the grave. So death, where is your sting, right? So I, I just believed it. And then suddenly I got surrounded with people that also believed it. And they did it. And I thought, this is awesome. I'm excited, right? So, on this journey, because you get that you're not going to raise the dead until you pray for a dead body. You understand that part, right? And already some people get lost just on that part. Right? So, what started happening for some reason, and my wife's a witness, is that, that 
I got called to so many hospital beds. I, I've seen people have died in my arms. I've held dead babies. It, it's not fun. You understand? It's not a, it's not a game. It's not a game. And I've been disappointed for years. Not seeing this thing happen. Yet I saw it. I saw it in scripture. I believe with all my heart that this is who he is. I've lost family members' babies. They kept the baby in the mortuary waiting for me to come back from the U.S. I arrived at the airport, got in the car. I mean, my brother-in-law put the baby seat in the car. So much faith did he have. And then you pray and it doesn't come back. You understand? That sucks. Right? It's not a game. It's not a game. Right? But I've been that guy so many times, and every time I would come back just wrecked on the inside, I know he's the one supposed to do it, but I've been fasting, I've been praying, I've been seeking the Lord, I've been doing everything I think I can do (laughs) to help in the process of me just getting less and him getting more. Do you understand? And then I go home, and my wife looks at me, and she would hold me, and she would see me cry, and she would just go, just press in more. It's going to come, right? And I believe it all in my heart, but sometimes you just need somebody to tell you it's okay, right? And, and it, it, it was just so hard. But we kept doing it. We never stopped doing it because of the lack of results. Success is obedience. I've said it here before. Success is obedience in the Lord. It's not results. Results follows obedience, Right? It was Simeon that was led by that unction to keep on doing this thing. Go to the temple today, right? If God is unctioning you to do something, go and do it today, right? Anyway, so we kept doing this, and then then we end up in Zimbabwe in 2017, right? But before that, this is a long story, but it's to open something up over your life, okay? So before that, we had a conference it was a prophetic conference, and uh, it was pretty intense. And, but the last night of the conference, I was exhausted. It was, it was hard. It was just a hard conference. A lot of strain on us as a family. Anyway, so we, so we do this thing, and, and I'm standing in the worship. I kind of, to be honest, I just felt like if I didn't have to do something tonight, I probably would have been home, right? So, so I'm standing in the worship, and I'm just tired, and I'm, I'm just worshiping, and awesome, enjoying the presence. And the next minute, it's like Jesus walks into the room, and only I can see him. <laughs> and he stands there like I've never seen him. It literally, I don't know what he was. I'm sorry that I'm telling you the story. It's not my fault. I didn't look for it. It just happened. And he stands in front of me like you would stand in front of This is what it felt like to me. I don't know if it was. I don't know. Don't ask me if it was real or not. I don't know. Right? I'm just telling you it looked like this. And I looked at him, and I saw him clearer, more bright than I've ever seen anything in the Spirit. And he stands in front of me with this smile, and he's just he's, he's so glorious. He's so, so glorious. The life and the, just everything coming from him is just phenomenal. Right? And, he, and he stands in front of me, and the next minute he goes, and he, and he, and he says, and he, and he kind of steps out of the way, and he says, look, here's the fountain of life. Come and drink from it whenever you want. And it's this beautiful water coming out of this fountain. And I just fell into it in my heart. I don't know how, but by faith, I just went, 
I'm drinking, Lord. Don't ask me how that works. I don't know. It was just saying yes. Right? And I felt awesome. I felt energized and I felt revived because I needed it. Right? Three days later, we, I get in my car. I kind of, life goes on, you know. Three days later, we get in our car. We go to Zimbabwe. It's a hard trip. At this point, my family is in three different locations. I have a new family with me doing a mission trip for the first time. It's tough uh, conditions in Zimbabwe. Uh, we had, I don't know how many services, eating a lot of things that I don't necessarily would choose as my favorite meal, uh, strange toiletry circumstances, just a lot of things going on, right? Lots of driving, lots of police, I'm tired, right? And I slept in the kitchen. Don't ask me how that happened, but I ended up in the kitchen. I don't know why. And they don't sleep early in Zimbabwe. They kept making food until 2, 3 in the morning, and I'm sleeping next to the pots here anyway, so it was kind of bizarre. So I'm, I'm tired now, and I forgot about my fountain of life thing because I'm just tired. I'm in my flesh. Anyway, so on the last night of our Zimbabwe trip, it's about 11 o'clock at night. We're just sitting, hanging out with the people there, awesome people. And, um, and so we get a phone call, and the pastor says, listen, they're bringing somebody to us. I'm just like, okay, that's fine. So they bring this young girl, maybe 20, 24 years old. Uh, they bring this girl into the room, and... Now, this is going to sound very strange, but I want to explain why. So, she's laid down in the room. I look at her and I think, you're dead, right? Because to me, that's what death would look like. She's cold, she's stiff, there's nothing, right? But for some reason, it got lost in translation what the situation was. So, and I don't want to fabricate a story. Do you understand? I want it to be legitimate. So somehow it got lost, but I, I'm looking at her, I'm thinking, if this was my wife or one of my children, I would be pretty concerned right now, because <laughs> it doesn't look good at all. And we're praying and praying, and about 15 minutes later, suddenly this, this lady, she sits up and she breathes, and, and she's out of her coma, which I believed back then, right? Okay, the detail is important. So we leave. I'm super excited about the miracle. Somebody's life just got saved. She's out of the coma. That's phenomenal. But the story bugs me for years because I'm thinking, you know, I feel that she was dead, but I don't have witness to it because I don't want to just say she's dead and then she wasn't. Now, you think that's stupid, but you don't want to fabricate a story in the Lord. You understand? I need my integrity. And um, so anyway, two years passed by. And literally, that's why I'm telling the story. So October this year, my pastor from Zimbabwe is with us in, in the Transca in the villages. And I recall the story and I talk about it again. And he looks at me and he stops me. He says, no, 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 you've got it wrong. I'm like, what do you mean? He says, what happened is she dropped dead at the shop. She was taken to the hospital where she was declared dead by the doctors. And then on the way to the police to open the, uh, the case number so they, they can get a death certificate, that's when the parents decided, is there anybody in Masvingu who can raise the dead? And suddenly, the people who's been waiting for nine years trying come to their minds. And that night, God decided, this is it. And she was raised from the dead. That's the story, right? So, to get to this point where I'm right now, took 11 years. 
Even after she was raised, it took another two years. But there's this sense in your heart and in your spirit that he's going to do something. Because you've seen him. And isn't it interesting that it happened right after I've seen him. And he says, this is the fountain of life. Drink from it. And suddenly, resurrection life is moving. Isn't that something? But imagine we stopped at number five. So our success rate with raising the dead is 5%, which is horrible. But it's better than it was a couple of months ago, because then it was zero. What I'm trying to say is just, you have to have eyes to see, and you have to have the tenacity to not let go. Even if everything is horrible, if babies are being slaughtered, your nation is being taken over like they were, and this guy just stuck to it. And he beheld what he's waited for his whole life. He got it. He got it. Right? My question to you this morning is, where is the refreshing of Israel right now? How clearly in sight is he in your, in your life? How clearly are you locked on to him? And you say, yeah, but I didn't see, I don't care if you've seen him or not. Doesn't matter. You can see him in scripture. You can see him all around you if you want. Seeing him is about recognizing that he's Lord, that he's here, that he's part of my everyday life, that he's involved and that he wants to be. So what I want to pray this morning is a couple of things. I want to pray if you haven't been born again, you need that seed of eternity to come in your midst. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.